Well, good evening, and welcome once again to The Word in a Year. Once again, my name is Jason, and I am the uh, host of this show. And uh, it's just always a, a pleasure um, to be able to come to uh, the time of day where once again we get to get, that, get together and read the Word of God. You know, today's been a day full of ministry for myself and uh, for my guests tonight. Um, he shouldn't be a guest now. He's just one of us. Um, but uh, my dad is here with me again uh, tonight. Um, but uh, today's just been a great day. We've had uh, a lot of great times uh, together um, talking about the Lord. And then tonight we were able to share with another church um, some of the things that God's doing. Um, and so it's just it's been a really, really good day. We've had good news from um, my mom's front today and you know making sure that uh, she's doing well and sounds like hopefully maybe she'll uh, come out of the hospital tomorrow um, so we'll uh, be praying for that um, but it's uh, great to once again just be able to come together uh, and read the word of God together and that's what we're here to do tonight the Bible says that um, that uh, iron sharpens iron and that the word of God is is quick, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Um, it divides asunder soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And that's what we want to do tonight. We want um, God to speak to us. We want Him to get right to where um, we need Him the most. Um, and uh, so if you're going through things tonight, um, if you've had a, a rough day, a rough week, a rough month, or a rough year, um, whatever it is, just know that God is there. Um, I'm going to have my dad share a scripture um, with us before we pray. Um, and then I'm going to have him pray um, before we get started tonight. But uh, one of the scriptures that we shared um, on the uh, the last phone call that we was on um, was Isaiah 41.10. So dad, if you would uh, just share that scripture with us tonight. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, yes I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Yes. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that we oh, can be you, able to share your word with so many people. Lord God, let every soul that hears your word be touched and ministered to. Lord, let the chains fall from souls. Oh God, let the chains be broken. Let the deliverance take place. Lord, let salvation take place. Lord, cause souls to come to you to yes. see how much you love us and care for us. Yes. And how much you love them and care for them. Yes. And Lord, let them hit their knees and call upon you. Oh God, let your power Jesus, and your Jesus, glory Jesus, be made Jesus. known. As we get into your word, Lord, let it come alive to us. Let it be a living book to us, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Lord. We're not asking you to speak to our heads. Speak to our hearts, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Lord God, let our the understanding of your word be clear and make your word simple to us. 
that we can be able to make it simple to others. Yes, Lord. And we'll give you the glory and the praise and the honor and the power and the blessing. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we're going to be picking up um, in Deuteronomy um, chapter 22. Um, yeah, chapter 22 uh, tonight. Um, we are going to be reading in the New Living Translation um, version of the Bible. Um, once again, I, I don't have a, a preference as to um, uh, what version you're reading. I just believe that um, this ver- this version just allows us to tell a story a little bit better. Um, so, uh, New Living Translation, and we're going to be starting in chapter 22. And I'm going to turn it over to my father to read um, the first chapter. So, Deuteronomy chapter 2, 22. If you see your your if you see your neighbor's ox or sheep or goat wandering away, don't ignore your responsibility. Take it back to its owner. If its owner does not live nearby or you don't know who the owner is, take it to your place and keep it until the owner comes looking for it. Then you must return it. Do the same if you find your neighbor's donkey clothing, or anything else your neighbor loses. Don't ignore your responsibility. If you see that your neighbor's donkey or ox has collapsed on the road, do not look the other way. Go and help your neighbor get it back on its feet. A woman must not put on men's clothing, and a man must not put on women's clothing. Anyone who does this is detestable in the sight of the Lord your God. If you happen to find a bird's nest in a tree or on the ground and there are are young ones or eggs in it with the mother sitting in the nest, do not take the mother with the young. You may take the young, but let the mother go so that you may prosper and enjoy a long life. When you build a new house, you must build a railing around the edge of its flat roof That way you will not be considered guilty of murder if someone falls from the roof. You must not plant any other crop between the rows of your vineyard. If you do, you are forbidden to use either the grapes from the vineyard or the other crop. You must not plow with an ox or a donkey harnessed together. You must not wear clothing made of wool or linen woven together. You must put four tassels on the hem of the cloak which you cover yourself on the front, back, and sides. Suppose a man marries a woman, but after sleeping with her, he turns against her and publicly accuses her of shameful conduct, saying, When I married this woman, I discovered she is not a virgin. Then the woman's father and mother must bring the proof of her virginity to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. Her father must say to them, I gave my daughter to this man to be his wife, and now she has turned ag- he has turned against her. He has accused her of shameful conduct, saying, I discovered that your daughter was not a virgin. But here is the proof of my daughter's virginity. Then they must spread her bedsheet 
before the elders, the elders must then take the man and punish him. They must also fine him 100 pieces of silver, which he must pay to the woman's father because he publicly accused a virgin of Israel of shameful conduct. The woman will then remain the man's wife, and he may never divorce her. But suppose the man's accusations are true, and he can show that she is not a virgin. The woman must be taken to the door of her father's house, and there the man, the men of the town must stone her to death. For she has committed a disgraceful crime in Israel by being promiscuous while living in her parents' home. In this way you will purge this evil from among you. If a man is discovered committing adultery, both he and the woman must die. In this way, you will purge Israel of such evil. Suppose a man meets a young woman, a virgin, that is engaged to be married, and he has sexual intercourse with her. If this happens within a town, you must take both of them to the gates of that town and stone them to death. The woman is guilty because she did not scream for help, the man must die because he violated another man's wife. In this way, you will purge this evil from among you. But if the man meets the engaged woman out in the country and he rapes her, then only the man must die. Do nothing to the young woman. She has committed no crime worthy of death. She is, in, she is as innocent as a murder victim. Since the man raped her out in the country, it must be assumed that she screamed and there was no one to rescue her. Suppose a man has intercourse with a young woman who is a virgin, but is not engaged to be married. If they are discovered, he must pay her father 50 pieces of silver. Then he must marry the young woman because he violated her and he may never divorce her as long as he lives. A man must marry his father's former wife, for this a man must not marry his father's former wife, for this would violate his father. <clears throat> Chapter 23. If a man is emasculated, he may not be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. If a person is illegitimate by birth, neither he nor his descendants for ten generations may be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. No Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants for ten generations may be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. These nations did not welcome you with food and water when you came out of Egypt. Instead they hired Balaam son of Beor with Pether in distant Aram Naharam to curse you. But the Lord your God refused to listen to Balaam. He turned the intended curse into a blessing because the Lord your God loves you. As long as you live, you must never promote the welfare and prosperity of the Ammonites and the Moabites. Do not, do not detest the Edomites or the Egyptians, for the Edomites are your relatives and you lived as foreigners among the Egyptians. The third generation of Edomites and Egyptians may enter the assembly of the Lord. When you go to war against your enemies, be sure to stay away from anything that is impure. 
Any man who becomes ceremonially defiled because of nocturnal emission must leave the camp and stay away all day. Toward evening he must bathe himself, and at sunset he may return to the camp. You must have a designated area outside the camp where you can go and relieve yourself. Each of you must have a spade as part of your equipment. When you relieve yourself, dig a hole with the spade and cover the excrement. The camp must be holy, for the Lord your God moves around in your camp to protect you and to defeat your enemies. He must not see any shameful thing among you, or he will turn away from you. If slaves should escape from their masters and take refuge with you, you must not hand them over to their masters. Let them live among you in any town they choose, and do not oppress them. No Israelite, whether man or woman, may become a temple prostitute. When you are bringing an offering to fulfill a vow, you must not bring to the house of the Lord your God any offering from the earnings of a prostitute, whether a man or a woman, for both are detestable to the Lord your God. Do not charge interest on the loans you make to a fellow Israelite. Whether you loan money or food or anything else, you may charge interest to foreigners, but you may not charge interest to Israelites, so that the Lord your God may bless you in everything you do in the land you are about to enter and occupy. When you make a vow to the Lord your God, be prompt in fulfilling whatever you promised him. For the Lord your God demands that you promptly fulfill all your vows or you will be guilty of sin. However, it is not a sin to refrain from making a vow. But once you have voluntarily made a vow, be careful to fulfill your promise to the Lord your God. When you enter your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat your fill of grapes, but you must not carry any away in a basket. And when you enter your neighbor's field of grain, you may pluck the heads of grain with your hand, but you must not harvest it with a sickle. 24. Suppose a man marries a woman, but she does not please him. Having discovered something wrong with her, he writes a, do a do document of divorce, hands it to her, and sends her away from his house. When she leaves his house, she is free to marry another man. But if the second husband also turns against her, writes a divorce a document of divorce, hands it to her and sends her away, or if she dies, the first husband may not marry her again, for she has been defiled. That would be detestable to the Lord. You must not bring guilt upon the land the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession. A newly married man must not be drafted into the army or be given any other official responsibilities. He must be free to spend one year at home bringing happiness to the wife he has married. It is wrong to take a set of millstones, or even just the upper millstone, as security for a loan, for the owner uses it to make a living. If anyone kidnaps a fellow Israelite and treats him as a slave or sells him, the kidnapper must die. In this way, you will purge the evil from among you. In all cases involving serious skin diseases, be careful to follow the instructions of the Levitical priests. Obey all the commands I have given them. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam as you were coming from Egypt. If you lend anything to your neighbor, do not enter his house to pick up the, the item he is giving as security. You must wait outside while he goes in and brings it out to you. 
if your neighbor is poor and gives you his cloak as security for a loan, do not keep the cloak overnight. Return the cloak to its owner by sunset so he can stay warm through the night and bless you, and the Lord your God will count you as righteous. Never take advantage of poor and destitute laborers, whether they are fellow Israelites or foreigners living in your towns. You must pay them their wages each day before sunset because they are poor and are counting on it. If you don't, they might cry out to the Lord against you and it would be counted against you as sin. Parents must not be put to death for the sins of their children, nor children for the sins of their parents. Those deserving to die must be put to death for their own crimes. True justice must be given to foreigners living among you and to orphans, and you must never accept a widow's garment as security for her debt. Always remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God redeemed you from your slavery. That is why I have given you this command. When you are harvesting your crops and forget to bring in a bundle of grain from your field, don't go back to get it. Leave it for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all you do. When you beat the olives from your olive trees, don't go over the boughs twice. Leave the remaining olives for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. When you gather the grapes in your vineyard, don't glean the, the vines after they are picked. Leave the remaining grapes for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. That is why I am giving you this command. 25. Suppose two people take a dispute to court, and the judges declare that one is right and the other is wrong. If the person in the wrong is sentenced to be flogged, the judge must command him to lie down and be beaten in his presence with the number of lashes appropriate to the crime. But never give more than 40 lashes. More than 40 lashes would publicly humiliate your neighbor. You must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. If two brothers are living together on the same property and one of them dies without a son, his widow may not be married to anyone from outside the family. Instead, her husband's brother should marry her and have intercourse with her to fulfill the duties of her of a brother-in-law. The first son she bears to him will be considered the son of the dead brother, so that his name will not be forgotten in Israel. But if the man refuses to marry his brother's widow, she must go to the town gate and say to the elders assembled there, My husband's brother refuses to preserve his brother's name in Israel. He refuses to fulfill the duties of a brother-in-law by marrying me. The elders of the town will then summon him and talk with him. If he still refuses and says, I don't want to marry her, the widow must walk over to him in the presence of the elders, pull his sandal from his foot, and spit in his face. Then she must declare, This is what happens to a man who refuses to provide his brother with children. Ever afterward in Israel, his family will be referred to as the family of the man whose sandal was pulled off. If two Israelite men get into a fight and the wife of one tries to rescue her husband by grabbing the testicles of the other man, you must cut off her hand. Show her no pity. 
You must use accurate scales when you weigh out merchandise. You must use full and honest measures. Yes, always use honest weights and measures so that you may enjoy a long life in the land the Lord your God has given you. All who cheat with dishonest weights and measures are detestable to the Lord your God. Never forget what the Amalekites did to you as you came from Egypt. They attacked you when you were exhausted and weary, and they struck down those who were straggling behind. They had no fear of God. Therefore, when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your enemies in the land he has given you as a special possession, you must destroy the Amalekites and erase them, erase their memory from under heaven. Never forget this. And then let's jump over to Psalms chapter 77 tonight. Psalms chapter 77 and verse 1 says this. I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven, but my excuse me, my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep, and I'm too distressed to even pray. I think of the good old days long since ended when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and ponder the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along that road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. Wow, what a powerful, powerful scripture that is. I want to take us back to um, verse 5. And I want us to just kind of think about this for a second and, and ask ourselves these questions. Have we ever asked the Lord these things before? Because in a second here, we're going to turn these things around and we're going to see what he's done. But... Have you ever asked yourself, Lord, have you rejected me? Or have you ever asked the Lord, Lord, have you rejected me? God, 
Will you ever be kind to me again? God, is your unfailing love gone forever? God, has, has your promises permanently failed? God, have you forgotten how to be gracious? You know, this is the cry of a heart that was in a lot of, uh, a lot of turmoil. And, and you could hear in his voice just the fact that, man, I just feel so alone. I just feel like all of the good old days are gone. All of the times that you helped me, God, all the times that, that uh, you know, you, you saved me and, and you saved my bacon. And man, you, you did so much for me, God. And, and, and now all of a sudden, God, where did you go? Have you ever been there? You ever been in that place where you just felt alone? There, there's an old song that was written um, several years ago um, by a buddy of mine. Um, his name is JD. And I'm sure JD probably listens to this podcast from time to time. Mm-hmm. But the words of the song went, I felt abandoned and forgotten. Like my life just didn't matter. And it seemed like I was all alone. And it talks about how your prayers would, would, would go forward and they just seem to bounce right back at you. But then the very next words say this, but I remember his promise. Mm-hmm. He said he would never leave me nor forsake me. And I know his word is faithful. It's been proven time and time again. So I remember his promise. I remember all the things that he's done for me. And I remember that he has been good. Listen, this is where that song came from. This song came from a place where, you know, it just seemed like all hopelessness was was there. That there was just nothing there for um, you to be able to turn to. And this is exactly what uh, this writer is saying. Listen, this is what he then says. But then I recall, O oh God, all you have done. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. And I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Listen, I know we talk a lot on this podcast about the wonderful works that God has done. But I just I want to share with you something that I shared um, with the gentleman um, that uh, that we had the opportunity to um, pray with tonight. It's in Psalms chapter 106. In Psalms chapter 106, um, we see that uh, there is a, a time where is the children of Israel have forgotten what it was that God had done. And, and, and the writer says this, it says, The people... The people made a calf at Mount Sinai. They bowed before an image made of gold. They traded their glorious God for a statue of a grass-eating bull. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done such great things in Egypt, such wonderful things in the land of Ham, such awesome deeds at the Red Sea. They just forgot. They forgot all of the things that God had brought them through. And you know, sometimes I think that we're there. You know, we get so busy in life 
We get so busy with things just going on in this world. And and we forget sometimes all the places that God has brought us from. Um, you know, many times we say to ourselves, I've got to be the only person going through this situation. I've got to be the only person that's ever dealt with this financial need. I've got to be the only one that has ever dealt with this medical problem or this relationship problem. And can I just tell you that there have been so many people that have dealt with those things before you. And there will be so many people that will deal with those things after you. And God has brought them through every single time as long as they remember what he has done for them. They have to be able to remember those things. Why? Because it's about having an attitude of gratitude towards what God is wanting to do in your heart and in your life. You have to have that attitude of gratitude for the things that he's done. You know, when we pray, we always pray this, Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you, most importantly, for what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing? You're, you're, you're not only thanking him for what he's done, right? It says, the, the word says to, um, I, I believe it's in uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. It says that you shouldn't be anxious for anything, right? You shouldn't worry about anything. But it says in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, Make your request known to God. You know what that tells me? That means we need to be thankful first before we ever make our request known to God. We need to thank him for what he's done for us before, before we ever make our request for what we want him to do now. He is a God that is so, so good. And we need to remember those things. And so if you look at the Psalm that we just read, Look look at look at what look at how he said it. Look at how he said that he made the Red Sea tremble just at the point that it looked at God. It had to move out of the way. Listen, when your situation gets so big that you feel like you're at the shore of the Red Sea and you've got that bill collector behind you on your back or you've got that health problem behind you on your back and it's coming at you at 90 miles an hour. Just remember what God did for his children at the Red Sea. And that when he saw the enemy coming at you, when he saw that thing coming at you, whatever that situation is coming at you, he will hide you in his presence. He will make sure that you are protected. He will roll back the Red Sea. He will he'll roll back whatever he needs to roll back. Why? So that you will be protected. And then... Whatever that thing is behind you, whatever that thing that's trying to come against you, whatever that thing is that that is causing you to uh, fret or worry or anything. Dad just read or just quoted a scripture that says, do not fear. Why? I'm with you. Do not be dismayed. Why? For I'm your God. Man, think about that. Think about that. The God of all the universe says, do not be afraid. And then he says, do not be dismayed, for I'm your God. And then he says this, I'll help you. I'm going to uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. 
Man, I don't want any other thing in this world holding me up other than the hand of God. Because when you're in the hand of God, you have everything you need. Why? Because the Bible says in his hands are pleasures forevermore. They're just available to you. Everything that you need is available to you. You just have to put your hand in the hand of the man. As the old song says, distilled the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man that calmed the sea. Take a look at around. Take a a look at everything around you. And you're going to start looking at other things differently when you put your hand in the hand of the man who calmed the sea. That's what he wants to do in your life. He wants to be that person that can speak into your situation, into your storm, into whatever is going on and say, peace, peace, be still. Waves stop, storm stop. Listen, (laughs) what was he in the storm? He was asleep, right? He didn't care. He's God. He knew everything was going to be okay. We need to have that same faith that no matter what we go through in life, we need to understand that yes, trials are going to come. Temptations are going to come. Storms are going to come. But he will always be there to help you out if you put your hand in his hand. Dad, what do you want to say tonight? I was thinking that uh, the thing about it is that when the, the children of Israel were at the Red Sea and God had stopped the enemy by blinding, by giving them total darkness, and so they could not move. There was something else that the children of Israel had to do. They had to obey. Mm-hmm. When Moses said, go, they had to obey and go. When that that water parted, they had to go across yes. that. They had to obey. And that's what happens. God gets us to the place he is going to help us, but that is the point where we have to obey. Yes. Whatever it is he tells us to do, it, I don't know what it would be, but whatever he tells you to do, do that, and then he will bring you through to the other side. Mm-hmm. He's already promised that he'll bring you through, but you have to obey in order to receive that promise because it's all part of it. Yes. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we, we, we have to remember that uh, obedience is very important. We talked about this many times, even in the, the fact that we talk about, you know, the Great Commission. You know, go. The Bible says go into all the world. And if you were to take it like go and make it an acrostic, it would be the G is gospel and the O is obedience. You have to take the gospel in obedience. And wherever God tells you to go, that's where you're supposed to go. Whatever God tells you to do, that's what you're supposed to do. But if you do it out of if you do it out of sequence, if you try to do it on your own and then try to get God to catch up with you, it's never gonna work out. But when you allow God to guide you and direct you into all things 
and you just do in obedience with whatever it is that he wants you to do, um, that's when you're going to see him move incredibly in your life. Amen? Praise God. Amen. So tonight, I just want to challenge you. Um, I know this is, uh, this is always a time where we read the word, but these, these times of devotion and these times of, of just being able to share scripture are so rich. And I just want to challenge you. Remember the things that God has done for you. Don't forget about those things. And don't be like the 10 lepers where only one of them came back and said, thank you. I would love to see the 700 people or so that have viewed this podcast. Every single one of them go back to God and say, thank you. Just thank you. God, thank you for saving me. God, thank you for filling me with the Holy Ghost. God, thank you for protecting me. God, thank you for getting me through this day. God, thank you for waking me up in the morning. God, thank you for giving me divine opportunities throughout the day. Whatever it is, God, thank you. Thank you that you never leave us and you never forsake us. Thank you that we don't have to fear. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. When you learn an attitude of thankfulness, man, I'm telling you what, not only will the word come alive to you, but he is going to come alive to you because you are giving, um, you're, you're giving him thanks for all of those things. And, and, and what does it say when you give? He's going to give it back to you, right? And that's monetary. That's through your talents. That's through your time. That's through your treasure. That's however it is. When you give something to God, he is going to give it back to you. But the Bible says that when he gives it back to you, it's so much better than you ever gave him. Because it's pressed down. It's shaken together. It's good measure. And it's running over. He gives it back to you what you give to him. So let's, let's be thankful in all things. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Dad, pray for us. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we've been able to share the word together. Yes. Lord, thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. Oh, God, we see great miracles happening because you are working in the lives of your people. Yes. You are working in the lives of the backsliders, Lord. You're bringing them home, Lord. They're hitting their knees. They're calling upon you. They're giving it all to you, Lord. Oh, they're coming home, Lord. Oh, Lord God. Those that don't know you, Lord, they found that you love them. Now they know that you love them. Now, Lord, help them to just let go and give it all to you. Yes, Jesus. And to receive how very much you love them and care for them. And receive that wonderful promise of your forgiveness and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, once again, I I just really want to appreciate my dad for uh, taking the time to um, join us again tonight. And I might be here again, even tomorrow night, and we'll probably do one more of these. Um, but, uh, God bless you guys. It's, uh, always good. Once again, just to be able to get together, um, and share the word of God with you. Uh, remember, get into the word, read the word. Um, it is what we need. It is that instruction booklet for life. 
Um, and it's uh, what we need to be able to get us through what we're going through in this world. Amen? Amen. So God bless you. Remember, Jesus loves you. We love you. And we will see you tomorrow night for another episode of The Word in a Year. God bless.